Good day. Welcome to Shepherd the Sheep podcast. This is Jason Vaughn with Gina Guillermo, and we are pastors here at Cornerstone Las Vegas. And today we have two special guests from Anchor Bible Church in Fayetteville area, Arkansas, uh, Brad Arnold and Greg Peterson. And we will be discussing how to get plugged into your church, whether you're a new member coming into a church, uh, wanting to know how to get involved, or maybe you've just come to realize that the church is a relationship and you need to be involved with one another in the church. And so we look forward to answering that question today, how to get involved with the church. Welcome uh, again. So welcome to Shepherd the Sheep. Uh, This is a podcast for churchmen. Uh, Those of you interested uh, who understand the call of the believer to be an active part of the local church, you have become aware that God has equipped you, uh, Ephesians 4, for the purpose of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, for the maturing of the body of Christ, as God continues to conform each and every one of us individually and collectively as a church into the image of Jesus Christ. And so a very important topic today. As always, we think all of these topics are important, which is kind of funny to say that every week. But um, we are addressing today the question of how do I get plugged into the church? Maybe you have recently moved and have found a new church and you've started attending, uh, or maybe you've come to realize that, wow, I have been gifted for the sake of building up the body of Christ and need to be plugged into these people that I see every Sunday during corporate worship. And so uh, today we have brought two special guests, uh, uh, Brad Arnold and Greg Peterson, again from Anchor Bible Church in the Fayetteville area. Uh, I used to say Fayetteville, but it's not Fayetteville. You guys are technically not in Fayetteville, right? We meet in Fayetteville, but yeah, Fayetteville, Springdale, Northwest Arkansas. <clears throat> yeah, basically the Walmart area, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, Enjoy. welcome, guys. Yeah, we're glad you're with us. Thank you. Good to be on. Good. Uh, yeah, thanks. Good to be here. Yeah, so uh, we're just going to ask you guys then. Uh, start it off, right? I, I come to you and I say, you know, uh, hey, Brad, Greg, uh, man, I just moved to this church and I want to be involved, but. I don't, I don't even know what to do. What do, what do I do? <laughs> Go ahead, Greg. I'll let you start. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think there's a lot of things you could say um, to a person who's interested in, in being, I, I, I guess the assumption here is that they're already members of the church or they, is that true, Jason? Um, you know, they maybe they are or are not members yet. Maybe they're you know brand okay. new. Um, you know, if you want to caveat that either way, if you, if you think the answer is different for a member or a non-member, then I think I'm game with that. So, yeah, I mean, the difference would be if you're not a member of that particular local church, then the first thing I would say to get involved is to be a member of that local church. So that's I, I think there's a there's a step in there that has to happen. Um, 
you, but to me, really, the first I actually said this to um, some folks this last week at our church who were asking about what do I need to do to be involved at Anchor Bible Church, and and all I told them was that the most basic thing you really need to do is number one, be committed to attend all of the regular stuff. So in this case, the main service on Sunday, uh, if you have a Bible study, that's a weekly thing, you know, you need to commit yourself to the things the church is already doing. That's, that would be the first thing I would say. And then be at those things. So it's, it's really faithfulness just to be at the main thing first. Uh, that's where I would start with, with somebody who's asking how I get involved in, in the church. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what I tell people actually, Greg. So yeah. yeah. Uh, be part of the Bible studies, be part of what we do on a regular basis. So excellent. Excellent yeah, answer. 100%. <laughs> yeah. I would echo that too wholeheartedly. Uh, you know, honestly, an unbeliever can be involved in the church, you know, that's true. There's gotta be some kind of process by which we get to know each other. And some people, some people kind of come into the church like they're God's gift to the church and you should recognize it. And they just sort of expect you to give them the position that their gifts, you know, <laughs> deserve, their experience deserve. And they haven't, you know, they haven't learned, they haven't gotten to know the people. Nobody knows them. They haven't really gone through the processes of your church, you know, like every church is different in that way. Like what's the membership process? What's the process for identifying uh, how people serve and where they serve, you know? And so I, I encourage people, yeah, attend and, and participate in, in the processes we have in place for, for membership, for training, discipleship, uh, submit yourself to that even though you might be submitting yourself to that all over again for this church, mm. just to recognize that, you know, we need to know that you're on the same page as us mm. and that we can trust you um, to really represent our church and what we're about. So there is a process and, uh, you know, I think just looking for people's, humility and teachability in that regard and their willingness to kind of submit to that process, whatever it might be, however awkward or unorganized it might be. Um, just to be humble enough to say, you know, I, I want to plug in. So that means I need to, yeah, I need to go through the membership process. I need to go through the, whatever the hoops may be for uh, gaining the trust of the leaders, the congregation, and not just assuming that, you know, because you did X, Y, or Z ministry in your previous church, you're going to automatically be expected or allowed to do that in this church. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Brad, that's, that's really good. Uh, I think we've all in pastoral ministry had somebody come to us who's only been attending like two weeks and offer to teach a Bible study. And, mm -hmm. um, often I tell them that I'm sure your intentions are good. Um, but, what you're really asking us is to be involved in leadership. Um, because once you start teaching the Bible study, right, you're really leading people, um, hopefully under the authority of the word of God. 
But yeah. but what do you maybe to say to somebody who says, you know, um, hey, I just want to be plugged in and I'm not interested in teaching. I just, you know, I just feel like I need to be involved in the church. Um, you know, what, what do you maybe say to that person at that point? Is it or is the answer pretty much the same answer? Yeah, it's kind of the same answer because, um, you know, as, as much as it is our our job, our role as pastors to equip people, equip the saints for the work of ministry, it's not necessarily our role to define their ministry or get it organized for them. So, right. in some ways, the only the only way to figure out where you fit, you know, where you where you can plug in is to learn is to observe right attend get to know people get to know how things work in this church and just kind of see where you might fit in and begin looking for ways that you could just come alongside and and serve in any capacity at all whether it's holding chairs or helping serve meals or taking food to shut-ins or you know, look look at the existing ministries that are already going on and just say, okay, how can I help? Oh, that's a good, yeah. I think what, what, can I, what, can, what can I do to I, fit into to what they're doing already? Not, not what new thing can I initiate, but what existing thing can I participate in? Right. Show that I really am a servant, I really am a team player, I really am for what this church is for, and I want to promote unity, not cause you know, headache for the people that are here or the leaders that are here. Right. Um, I kind of, I can't remember which one of you said it at camp. Uh, maybe it was Greg on Sunday or at camp, but I think one of you said too, right at minimum, uh, there's that we can always pray for one another. And yet it would be right. It would be short. It would be inaccurate of me to, to belittle, service and think that that's like a minimum service we could do, right? Like that, that is actually a great service we could do for one another. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but, but that, that kind of strikes that note that you're talking about too, right? Because, uh, the best way to pray for people is actually to get to know those people. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Are there, are there any advice you give to people when they're like, Hey, you know, um, I'm really introverted. I'm not, I'm just not, I don't feel comfortable in big groups of people and like talking to them, you know? Um, but, but I, but I hear what you're saying, pastor, that, that I need to, I need to learn these people. I need to get to know these people. Uh, I need to be committed to your leadership of the church and also the people. So what are some things I can do as somebody who's just not comfortable in big groups of people to try to get to know people? Yeah. I, you know, I had to, I had to sort of deal with this a little bit. I, uh, when I was work, still working with teenagers, teenagers can be outgoing. Typically, the reason that they are quote introverted is because of pride. That may not be the case in everybody's case, but my goal with with teenagers to get them into the church and to get them sort of outside of their comfort zone. When especially with an introverted person, you want them to get out of their comfort zone, but you don't want to just send them off. But rather, what we would do is we would do it with them. So I'd come alongside them as, you know, we bring teenagers with us to go meet new people. 
mm. and to have them sit with us and to talk and show them and then afterwards tell them what we did and why we did what we did. And then after doing that a few times, then send them to do it themselves, come back, review. So I think with an introverted person, especially if they really want to get to know people, you just got to go, you got to go with them to do extroverted things. I guess if you want to say it that way. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, I mean, I, it's so funny. I don't know if you guys are like that. I'm actually probably more introverted than I, than people realize, but there is a comfort there when you go with somebody who you kind of already know and you do it in pairs with somebody you already know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of wisdom to that. And, and that's how all of us learn really, isn't it? We, we, we watch somebody, somebody taught us. Right. Well, that's I think a, the other thing, oh, I, I think the other thing though, to emphasize, like not to be mean about it or, or hurt, uh, but you know, like, the one another commands in the New Testament um, seem to show no respect for personality types. Um, it, it's not a male or female thing. It's not a spiritual gift thing. It's not a maturity in Christ thing. It's and yet you have this list of thirty something. What is it? Thirty three or four one another's in Scripture that we're all commanded to do. Right. And so I think. I think that's the thing, right? Like love, you know, extroverts can sin, you know, by being unloving, just like introverts can. Love is the issue. If I love, then I will fight through that natural tendency to be bashful or timid or shy. Just like if I'm an extrovert, I will fight through that tendency to be bossy, pushy, uh, the loudest person in the room, you know, et cetera. Um, and, and if you, I think, encourage people, listen, just, and maybe you give them a list, look at this list of one another's in Scripture, and maybe just go home and go through these in your Bible. Look them up and just think about them and pray about them and ask yourself, if, if, if I was to focus on one or two or three of these, what would that look like for me? And and who would I practice these one another's on? You know, and I think if people really take that seriously and begin praying about it, that the spirit will lead them and, and show them ways they can they can serve without any particular position in the church, without any particular title or recognition, just you're just going to find people to love and uh, find people to encourage or comfort or admonish or build up or confess your sins to or pray for. I mean, all those one another commands that apply universally to all of us. So we all have to flesh that out in whatever way suits, you know, our, how we're wired. Yeah, that's really good. I, I think what you said there, uh, you kind of, you're kind of breaking up, but maybe to reiterate a little bit, you were saying that introverts and extroverts can kind of uh, sin sin in the same way in that they, they can be self-centered where the extrovert can be the center of attention all the time uh, or the introvert can be the person that says, oh, well, what about me? Why are you not like serving me? Uh, but love, on the other hand, thinks about others and um, com- is compelled to serve 
uh, and look for opportunities to do the one another's in that way, the extrovert, whether you're extroverted or introverted, you're looking for a way to uh, help other brothers and sisters in the one another's and all the one another's that, that, uh, that you're talking about there earlier, Rod. So that's really, mm-hmm. that's really helpful. Uh, you, you said uh, you had that list, so you want to give that list. <laughs> we need to pass that list out. Do you have that list? You want to email? No, I'm kidding. No. But that's, um, yeah, I do. Uh, I do. We give it out actually at our, uh, I always give it out at our membership. Yeah, uh, that's really good. I call it that. the house rules. These are the house rules. Hey, I like that. That's and, nice. And, 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 the, and the lead off one is love one another, which is repeated like six or eight times. And then all the other ones are how to love one another. We love one another in attitude, in word, and in deed. Mm. And all the other ones kind of fit in one of those three categories. So I hand that out every time and just say, look, you want to know what, you know, the rules we play by, the rules we live by in this church? This is really it. Mm-hmm. That we need is everybody. So, yeah, that is so good. We need everybody on, on board. We actually did our first, uh, our, our, our most recent membership meeting the other night. So, um, yeah, send us that mm-hmm. list because that's, uh, that's, I love that idea. House rules. Yes. Um, this is how, this is how we roll as Cornerstone. We love one another. Yep. Yeah. 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 yeah I think it's, uh, yeah, maybe. And, uh, I was gonna say, uh, and maybe to add to that, Stuart Scott just wrote a, a little devotional book called 31 ways. Mm. He wrote it last year and it's, Specifically on thirty-one, the thirty-one one another's. Uh, so it ends up being like a month-long study, a daily month-long study on the one another's. It's called thirty-one ways. Yeah, ooh, ooh, ooh. might have to pick that up. Yep. I know we sounds make, like uh, a sounds like a men's uh, yeah, <laughs> study right there. We make our guys go through the the little booklet they pulled from um, uh, the excellent husband uh, on mm-hmm. pride and humility. So they have to go through that book and we, we probably go through it about every two years, but that, that sounds like that yeah. just got added to our list. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I think it's fair too. Yeah, um, I think it's fair too, right? Like when you, when you're talking to, to, to maybe a more introverted person, uh, I think sometimes they hear these one another's and they, they kind of like they're, they're the picture that's created in their head is maybe the chatty Kathy or the like the bubbly extroverted, like, you know, uh, mingler at all the parties. And so we, we've also tried to kind of squash the introverted's like what they hear a little bit and say, well, that, we're not saying that you need to like be super close friends with everybody in the church. Uh, so we are saying that, that if you're married, that you need to probably have one other person uh, of the same sex in the church who's not, who you're not married to or family with right at minimum that, that you're doing these things towards and, um, and see where the Lord takes that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think you're right. That's yeah. Great. yeah I, I get, you know, and I always get where people kind of go, well, but I do those towards my spouse and it's like, well, you should do those towards your spouse. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the problem for, for me, the problem is, that if everybody in the church were like that, you would not have a body life. And it seems like the new Testament kind of paints a little bit broader picture where, you know, you're actually going to have, you know, family, you're going to have married people in the church, like who are friends with other people in the church at a level of intimacy where they can love one another, pray for each other, serve each other, you know, in in an appropriate non-married relationship fashion. So uh, just 
some people hear the words intimacy and immediately associate that with, with the kind of relations I'm not talking about here. So. Yeah. And there's no doubt that the, uh, you know, the manifestation of our spiritual gifts is not, is not primarily, uh, maybe not at all for, for the home, right. It's for the church. Right. So, um, these ways in which the spirit has gifted each believer uh, is for the mutual edification of the body, not your marriage or, or your home or your children fundamentally. So yeah, you have to be engaged beyond just, you know, husband, wife, parenting, those kinds of natural contexts that you can't neglect, but right. Uh, that's not that's not being faithful to the church as a whole at that point. Yeah, it would kind of Titus two would be a really weird chapter if God just meant mm-hmm. for us to only one another our family members. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. older mm-hmm. women train up younger women, and older men <laughs> train up younger men, and both of them are training the younger to be sensible, faithful believers, and so. Um, yeah, I, I think that's helpful. Any, um, any, any words of encouragement for maybe the extrovert, somebody who's extrovertedly minded, you know, this for some people, Oh, you want me to be friends with people in the church? And that's like, right. That that's like heaven to them. But, but in your experience, have you seen like, what are some maybe common mistakes that extrovert extroverts make, um, or need to be, or need to maybe hear, uh, when they think about church life in this way? getting involved well well now you're talking about me i'm the extrovert unfortunately <laughs> well, so brad what yeah, does greg I, need to I, hear I'm, <laughs> <laughs> it, I'm, I'm telling you it, you know when the thing that that uh, i think extroverts have to be most i mean this is what i think about the most keen on is to realize that if they talking more does not mean you're encouraging more Mm, okay. So there's a really important aspect of learning to listen, to mm. ask a question and then close your mouth and listen. Even if, even if you're talking to an introvert, it takes a little longer to process your question to learn to listen. Mm. And in that way you end up doing things like, uh, bearing with one another and being kind to one another. And, um, and in that way you can actually listen to them. Uh, it's, it's hard to be an encourager if you're just talking a lot. And wow. um, that's really listening, listening is listening is very very helpful. Um, something that I that I still struggle with. I just think if I just keep talking, that I'm, I'm a, they're going to catch all my points, and these are all the points they need. But by listening, it stops assuming that I know what they need, and then I hear from them, and then I can actually, as as a teacher in the church, and in this case as a pastor. I can actually shepherd them with where they're at. Mm, that's really good. You, you hear that, Greg? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, Greg. What did you just say? I wasn't listening. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, I think that's interesting, right? Even Greg, what you said, uh, listening takes actually a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's actually an act of love to not not only hear what is being said to you, but to listen and process what is being said to you, 
so that when you do reply, you reply rightfully. And, you know, you kind of, you, you think you see this in a skilled, in a very loving person, right? Their listening tells them, hey, it's time to weep with this person. It's time to rejoice with this person. Or maybe even, hey, this is the, I actually need to admonish this person. And this might be actually the right time to do that. Um, yeah. Which, of course, all of those are made easier if you already kind of know the person. Yeah. Do you think it's you safe? Know, no, go ahead. Well, go ahead and finish your thought. I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh no, no, yeah, it's it's hard with a four way here. Um, I almost want to, <laughs> I almost want to like summarize like, in some way, what you guys are saying is, hey, um, when you get to the church, find ways to cultivate friendships with other people in the church. Definitely, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, but I was I was just going to hey. add the actually the you know the remedy for the extrovert is actually the same as for the introvert. And that is, uh, start small, mm. you know, mm. just do, I mean, cause that's the challenge for the extrovert, right? Like, just, can you just do one thing please? And stop being, you know, the extrovert is, is, is just wanting to get involved in everything. And, and it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. We really just need to see you faithfully, humbly serving in maybe this one area for a while. Right. And that's actually what we would want to say to the introvert, too, right? Like, we're not asking you to do everything. How about we just do one thing? So, honestly, it, it, it's the same admonition to both personality types. Um, start small hmm. and serve humbly in maybe one area and then see where things go from there. Let the body around you kind of help you discern maybe what's next after that. But, you know, until we can see that you're faithful in little, why, why should we entrust to you more than that? Yeah. No, that's a good point. Cause if you are faithful with little, you're more like, you're more than likely going to be faithful with a lot. Um, and I, I mean, personally for me, I would rather people be excellent at one thing in the church than average at many things in the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, that's how that's harder to be excellent when you're, when your attention and energy is divided into many mm-hmm. different, yeah. Responsibilities. Um, you know, and so even if that's, uh, I think the one thing I always tell people is, you know, uh, especially, you know, the sound guys or something like, it's great. I'm thankful that you want to serve in sound, but also make sure there's one or two other people in the church that you're trying to get to know on a personal level that you can pray for, encourage, and that you know well enough, right, that, that your encouragement hits the, hits the mark in this person's life. You know, you you're you actually under, you actually know, you know, maybe what their struggles or their weaknesses are, or, you know, so that you know how to pray specifically. It's not just a general, please love them better or please love you better, Lord. But, you know, there's some actual specific ways to encourage them through words, deeds, and prayer. You know, maybe there's a, there's a sense in saying that 
you know, this comes down to if, if you're going to get involved in the church, is to get involved in a humble manner. And I think this goes for extroverts and introverts. Uh, I'm going to use hyperbole here, but extroverts, you know, think they're good at everything. And introverts think they're good at nothing. Hmm. Um, and so what you're trying to do with both of them is to, is to say you need to serve in a way that actually serves the church instead of serving yourself. And, and I think that that's where the praying for one another, to get to knowing other people, the, 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 the starting small by, by just being involved in one area, you know, submitting yourself to the leadership, those all come with humble attitudes and get your eyes off yourself. I think that's really important that you, you want to approach being involved in your church in a humble manner, not necessarily what's most comfortable in my personality type. No, I like that because I think that goes even back to what Brad said in the very beginning, right? That you, you, you want to be committed and you want to start to be faithful, but there's also a sense in which you need to be, um, especially if you've maybe moved from another church, you kind of, you, you really come into a new church and you have to come in with a, I need to re I need to relearn and I need to learn how this church does it. You know, and, mm-hmm. and even if like you, you went to a church that, you know, has the same philosophy of ministry and does everything the same way as the church you came from, because there's different people there, there's still going to be enough differences that you, you got to learn those differences, right? Rather than come in and be like, well, this is how we always did it in our old church. They're like that, uh, as much as I love that person and, and love hearing that sometimes I'm like, well, I mean, it's just really hard for us to do it your old church's way. Cause we're not your old church. Uh, and so maybe, right. How, how do you, how do you work on that? Right. So you're starting to learn the people you're starting to befriend the people around you. And is that one of those Brad, where you're, you're even like willing to call the pastor and elder and take them out to lunch for steak and, uh, and a good, a good, a good steak dinner, right? You're, you're going to pay for your pastor's phenomenal steak dinner and, and ask him, Hey, help me understand the way the church works or how, or is that, is it both a teaching and just kind of observation over time kind of thing? Yeah, it, it's definitely both. I just think it's, 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 it's that attitude that I look for. Like do people really have that show me, teach me, you know, are they really asking genuinely how do things work? I want to, you know, because it's weird. I, we, uh, over the years, you know, we, we've spent hours trying to figure out how to put structures in place to make it easy for people to get assimilated into our church. And what we find, what we found is the people who want to get assimilated figure it out regardless of how awkward our structures may be. And the other people don't, don't really want to. They, they may talk like they do, but, but the people who really want to get plugged in and connected and serve and be a part of the body and contribute, they figure it out. Like they, they, they figure it out by attending and observing and getting to know people and asking questions and you know what I mean? So if a person is so sick 
that they can't sort of pick up on how things work in the church, then to me, that's a red flag. It's like, well, you're not really engaged. You're, I don't know what's motivating you. Are you just wanting a position? Are you just wanting recognition? Because the people around here who plug in and serve, you know, weren't shown a, a process. They weren't shown three steps. You know, they didn't, they didn't, they just figured it out. They, they got to know people and they, you know, they learned what's important to us. They listened, they observed. And so I, that's what I encourage people to do. Like, I don't know what you're asking for exactly, but why don't you just show up, be faithful, get to know people, um, you know, listen to what's going on. And I mean, if you, if, if you're around, you're going to see things, right? You're going to see needs. You're going to see opportunities. And it shouldn't be long before you figure out, oh, well, there's something I can do right there. I can help with this. Hmm. So I don't know. I, I, it baffles me when people make it sound like, you know, it, it's hard or confusing to plug yeah. in or connect. I think it means they're not really serious about it. Mm. Preach, preach. Is that, is that <laughs> fair? Or is yeah, that no, that's hard? so question for you. Um, uh, so there's always that frustrated person, right? Who's been there and um, they, you know, they, they feel like the church doesn't have enough structure to be involved or like you said, like no matter you put as much structure uh, to assimilate people in, and it, the say it's almost the same numbers, right? The same people that are going to be involved. It, it, yeah. it comes down to the attitude. So how do you counsel that person? What do you say to that person if he was standing before you right now that's like frustrated because they can't, like it seems like no matter what they do, they can't, something's going on in them. They can't get involved. They can't have relationships with people. What's going on in that person? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, to me, it's like, well, what do you mean? Like, you can't find anybody in the church to relate to or be friends with? It doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, well, why not? You know, are you, are you really so different that you don't fit in with somebody in our church um are you are you coming to stuff are you coming to our services are you you know when we have fellowships and meals and do you hang around and visit with people i mean what to me if you're putting in any effort at all you're you're going to get connected relationally with people um if you have any sense of servant heart looking for opportunities to be a blessing to people you're gonna you're gonna find those so i mean i, I would almost want to just ask the person like what are you focusing on when you when you gather with our body like are you focusing on yourself or on other people you know are you there to serve or be served because if your heart is really focused on loving and serving other people i can't see how you wouldn't eventually now i know it's hard for some people maybe there's just age things or 
you know, phase of life things that make it harder for some to relate to others. But, you know, in a church where you have a pretty healthy range of ages and everything else, if you're not finding a, a friend, even, you know, a person that you can connect with and be friends with, uh, to me, that just says, I don't know what, I don't know that you're really making the effort to do that because that 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 opportunity is is there and doing that is a two-way street right like if you're just waiting for somebody to initiate that with you then maybe that's the problem you need to initiate that with somebody else and not be afraid to be not be so afraid of rejection that you're unwilling to try that so just encourage people to be bold you know just go up and introduce yourself and offer to buy somebody lunch and and start talking about the sermon or talk about some common ground you have in common and see where the relationship goes. You know, we had the most introverted guy in our church and there was another very introverted guy. They, they became friends and they started playing chess together and all kinds of stuff. And it's like, okay, well, there you go. That, that's the perfect match, those two. But it took kind of both of them just being observant and being around hanging out together. They just kind of found each other. So it takes time and it takes, it takes effort. You know, relationships are hard to cultivate. And I think we aren't, we aren't all very good at it. So we have to work hard at it. That's, that's a great answer. Yeah. You you can't, you hit, you even hit a couple points um, uh, in there that, you know, and just in my observation, a lot of those people that kind of come to me or, or have come and said, you know, uh, I'm just not getting involved or, you know, I need your structure here is preventing me from getting involved. Uh, I've, I've noticed you kind of said, like, you ask them, are you committed or are you coming or, you know, and it's, it's almost like kind of a couple observations I've had with those people is one, they're, they're actually not super faithful. They're, um, you know, that they're kind of sporadic. They, they may even come four or five times in a row and then you don't see them for three or four weeks or mm-hmm. you see them every three weeks or they'll come to the Bible study twice and then you won't see them and they'll come back to the Bible study, you know, for three times and you won't see them. Uh, but also even in some of those people, there's a, uh, there's, there's two kinds of people. There's, there's people that are, well, there's multiple kinds, but you know, you have like, some some people are very pliable in relationships and some people are kind of like, hey, the relationship has to be on my terms kind of people. And yeah. I, it seems like the, a lot of the people that, that I've heard that have made that, that have said that to me, have both of those at play where there's not a faithfulness and there's almost a like, well, the relationship has to be on my kind of terms. Like, uh, you know, they, they, these people, they don't talk about things I'm interested in. Um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and so it's mm-hmm. like, okay, so you come every six weeks and then you leave dejected because nobody there talks about the things you want to talk about, which, which is actually the definition of unloving because love should <laughs> seek to serve. And so, you know, what, I, what I hear them say to me oftentimes is, Hey, I really don't know how to love people. Uh, yeah. and I don't know how to be faithful. Um, yeah. And so just, in, I know in my own experience now, Brad, you've got 30 years of ministry and I have, I don't have near half that in ministry. Um, but, 
but have, you know, 20 years of, of working with volunteer organizations and even in secular unbelieving volunteer organizations, you have those same issues. And it's interesting whether there's a structure or not. It's amazing how even in volunteer organizations, people who want to be, who want to be really involved with that volunteer organization, they end up becoming like central to the volunteer organization because they're just so committed and they're very pliable to, to the way things are done. Yeah. So I think that's a good, I've kind of been taking notes um, here uh, just to kind of summarize what, what you guys have said. Uh, and I, I think we, we almost glossed over. I don't know that I want you. I almost don't know that I want to gloss over it, but you said something in the very beginning. It's interesting because you were answering the question and, and I think we had an answer too, but, but we were like, well, I want, I want Brad and Greg to answer this question. Um, but you ended up, you ended up really saying, cause, cause I was trying to answer these questions too. Like, what would I say? And so you guys ended up hitting like at the very top, what I thought was the same thing too. And there, there is a, a, basically, uh, if I could say maybe the most important first step that you guys even said was that there is a commitment from you, right? That, that when we are committed, there's almost a sense in which like, People who are committed, right? They they arrive they they arrive at Bible study, no matter what happens, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's almost like they get in one car and it won't start, and a committed family looks at each other and goes, "Okay, we're getting in the other car," and then they get in the other car and it doesn't start, and they go, "Well, okay, we're going to Uber," and then they Uber to Bible study, you know, or they Uber to church. Mm-hmm. whereas maybe maybe halfway committed or people that are just kind of doing it like, well, you know, for, for any other reason, you know, that they, they roll the car over and it doesn't start. It's almost like, well, okay, God told us it's that tonight's not the night to go to Bible study. Uh, <laughs> and so it's interesting, right? Because the people that you see really do get involved with church, you, you get the sense that you could tell them, hey, guys, Sunday, um, we're going we're gonna to have worship on top of that mountain. And unfortunately, there's 25 feet of snow you're going to have to walk through. And yet they would all be there. And werewolves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and werewolves. And, and they would be there, you know. And so I think that, that yep. like, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe in the last couple minutes here, maybe that's the counsel to people that you see coming to church a lot, that, that maybe you're kind of thinking, hey, maybe I need to be involved. I don't know. I mean, at some level, do we just kind of – is that an accurate encouragement to give to people that maybe are less committed? Like, you know, Hey, just, just, you know, um, understand this is God's will for your life. It is to be a committed member of your church. Is that a fair encouragement? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that's, that's fundamental, you know, and unfortunately for a lot of people, that commitment isn't basic. I mean, and how many times do we have people asking us, how can I be involved? And what they're really asking is, can I be involved the way I want to be? If I can't, I'm not committed. Right, right. <laughs> and and as pastors, we're saying, wait a minute, we first got to find out if you're committed. Right. You know, and they're wanting to put the cart before the horse, and we don't want to do that. So, yeah, that's always the issue for us, like, Dude, if you're really committed to our church, hallelujah, we, 
we love you, we need you, we want you. But if that's really true, then you're going to figure out the process, right? You're going to figure out the, the steps that we want people to go through to be trustworthy and considered, you know, right. People that we would want to. And I think to be, to be, to be fair to two, to what you're saying, Brad is we're, we, you and, and none of us are saying, Hey, we're trying to hide that process and hoping you figure it out on your own. (laughs) But, But there is a sense in which we are saying you're the kind of person that takes ownership of learning these things. Right. Cause the other day my boy comes to me and he says, well, dad, you didn't tell me, you know, that it was time to, to cook dinner. And I said, yep. you know, son, we told you every night at the campsite that we were going to cook dinner at six o'clock. Like, are you, you know, and I had that conversation again with him, you know, life is not about me coming and finding you and dragging you into adult responsibilities and then holding your hand through those adult responsibilities. Like you yep. already knew it was there. You and you have a watch, right? You see people gathering around the tables. Like you've got to take that initiative if you want to sit at the adult table. And I almost feel like that's sometimes with right with 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 um, right with anybody, right? Like I think so. That's I think that's what you're saying. You're not saying, "Hey, we're trying to hide the process." Mm -hmm. I think I think we're all trying to say, like, "Hey." if you want to be involved, take ownership of the process of learning what you're, uh, what and how your church does it. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think Absolutely. it's fair, fair to understand, right? Because the, the other thing that happens is somebody hears us talking about th- through this conversation and goes, well, it just seems like, you know, maybe you have a, a guy who moved to your church and he was an elder of a, he was a great elder at another church. And now he's in your church. Why would you not want him to continue his elder ministry? Um, but I, but I think a lot of people don't realize from our chair, we, we maybe do meet that guy at first and go, Hey Lord, we're thankful this guy's here. But there's also that part of like, if we don't do our due diligence and then we end up putting a flaky person in charge, um, or, or somebody who's going to end up using a bulldozer over the sheep when the sheep needed a soft cloth to come around their shoulders and somebody to weep with them. Right. And then we didn't do our due diligence and we rushed that person into position. Right. We potentially harm our sheep as well. And so that that due diligence that you're talking about is not just there to kind of like. Right. Just just to put hoops that somebody jumps through. It's there because we want to right. some sins are easy and evident. Some sins go before guys and some sins. uh, First Timothy go after a guy. Right. And so that that being patient and slow allows those things to come out. So you make sure you got the right guy in the right position. Yeah, we've all, we've, we've been in pastoral ministry long enough to be burned. We've all been burned by putting people in leadership too quickly. And I don't care what your resume is. We're not going to do it anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah. just, so you do, you have to, you have to, you have to earn the trust of really the congregation as much as anything, but, Right. Of the leaders as well. Yeah. And if that guy is, is legit, right. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm sure you guys would be the same way, right. That I would totally understand a church being slow to let me into those positions as well. And really I'm just looking to serve. And so at this point we're just serving 
And, you know, I don't, I don't need a title to shepherd people, to love people, to pray for people, to use the word of God, to encourage people, to call people and have them over for dinner. Like, right. And if I, if I need a title to do that, then there's other problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's helpful. Yeah. All right. So kind of, kind of to summarize here, we, we, um, we, we've talked right. Really important about, um, be, be committed. Right. So, so the first, the first kind of thing is be committed, right? You know, you need to get involved in your church, be committed to the people of the church, learn the processes of the church, learn, learn your leadership. Um, let your leadership learn you be patient um, be, be willing to change, be willing to, uh, right. Be willing to, to adopt a different way of doing things. Uh, be faithful, right. You guys addressed be fat, really be faithful, be a, make yourself available and be teachable. And so be a fat person. Uh, mm-hmm. the church loves fat people. Uh, the fatter, yeah. the better faithful, available and teachable. And yeah. so, so be that kind of person. And, uh, yeah, so you want to get involved? Uh, I I think maybe just a very practical step is show up to church with a plan of hey wife uh, we're gonna we're gonna get the phone number of one other family member and we're gonna invite them over for dinner uh, and we're gonna learn how we can pray for them at minimum and we're gonna start there and we're gonna see what the Lord does and um, you know uh, we'll find a way to serve and we'll start there and just put our nose to the grindstone and be faithful and see. See what's going to happen. So I think that's kind of a summary of what I heard you guys say. Yeah. Awesome. Wouldn't it be great if Wouldn't it be great if every if every person every time they came to a church gathering had the mind of Christ? I am not here to be served. Amen. But to serve. Yeah. And if we would just we would just put on the apron of a servant, gird, gird our loins with the towel and be the guy that was, I mean, imagine that, right? When they get to the upper room, there's traditionally someone there to wash feet. There wasn't anyone there to wash their feet. So Jesus stooped to do what nobody else would do. Hmm. And that's the example, right? That's the example forever etched in our minds. Jesus with a towel around his waist, washing the disciples' feet. And Peter got it, right? Lord, no, you're not washing my feet. He understood how backwards that was. Right. But that but that's that's Jesus. And you know, if that's our master, then who are we but his servants? So Yeah. Yeah, anyway. that's his Matthew, yeah. You don't come to be served, but to serve. Mm-hmm. And um you know, James and John, don't send your mommy to, to ask for the best seat in the house be a waiter around the banquet table and serve people. Yeah. Yeah. Amen, man. I love it. Good stuff, guys. Yeah. And if if that's your attitude, if that's your attitude, right, you're, you're going to figure out how to do that. Right. No, yeah. Amen. Yeah. You're really talking about uh, a loving person and uh, you've hit that, that nail many times on the head. Um, If you don't, if you walk away with one thing in this podcast is it's love others, right. And love others, loving others is really, um, um, is what we're talking about when we're getting involved in church. When you're committing to a church, you're really saying I'm committing to loving those in this church. And that commitment will flesh out in all the ways you guys talked about. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you guys for being with us on this podcast. We're, we're, 
we'll have you back. I know uh, we have some other topics we we want to address and ask, and uh, so uh, I look forward to your to your next visit, and uh, I look forward to the next phone call with you guys. Uh, we here in Vegas are praying for you guys, and uh, so. Uh, yeah, we, I know our church loves you guys and thankful for your time out at camp and thankful for, for your ministry. That and, was a blast. Yeah. Thanks for letting us come out. Yeah. Well, next time, um, so yeah, next time, Brad, we're going to to get some fly fishing done there. Cause, uh, yeah, it's, it needs to happen. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. At least okay. if anything, we'll just look silly throwing the fly around on the, on the rod. Yeah, I was I was actually better at tying flies than than fishing with them, but yeah, we can maybe try it out. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm better at fishing if nobody's watching. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we should uh, take Jesus's um, mode of fishing, which is the net. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He, I don't. I never see him throw cast a fishing pole, guys. Just saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. You're right. <laughs> if it were kosher, I would just we could throw dynamite, but but that might get us in trouble. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for your time. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna close out this podcast, and um, so uh, thank you. We love you here, and uh, thanks for for listening. And uh, again, if you have questions or comments, feel free to email us or text us or give us a call. Uh, we'd love to answer those. Love to serve you in any way. That's what we're here for—to serve you, to point you to Jesus Christ, and to help you grow in your walk with Him.